Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're gonna make, make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bugs. everybody welcome back to the bill buds podcast i'm your host jpc with me as always my co-host with the mo host jjo johnny o'mara johnny how's it going buddy oh it's great it's just great probably the best week of my life um okay now we're th- we're recording this a little in advance of when it comes <laughs> out so you're calling your shot on that my friend what if it is though Hey, what if it is? I hope it is. It's the first week of February. We only have nine more months of winter to go. Uh, We are having a great time. And I think partially, part of one of the reasons why this is the best week ever is because we have a fantastic guest with us us in studio over Zoom uh, today. And that is the fabulous Liz Anderson. Liz, welcome to Bill Buds. Hi. It's a pleasure to be in studio on Zoom. And when I say welcome to Bill Buds, I don't just mean the podcast. I do mean welcome to being a Bill Bud because being on the show gets you honorary Bill Bud credit. <gasps> now you are a Bill Bud. Once a Bill Bud, always a Bill Bud. Mm-hmm. I'm a listener to the to the show. I put it on when I'm going to the grocery store. It's my my little talking about pop music situation. It's a grocery treat. You join the ranks of uh, Arnie Parrott, Tyler Davis. And pretty much and everyone it. affiliated with the campaign podcast except <laughs> James D'Amato and... James and we'll never be in the show. <laughs> never. Yeah, you can keep fucking tweeting at us, James. It ain't happening. <laughs> uh, well, Liz, you, I mean, you, you mentioned that you listen to the Bill Buds uh, in the grocery store, uh, plug for our podcast. What is your relationship with pop music? Are you a pop music fan? Yes, absolutely. The um, I think pop music is such an example of like the psychology of how our brains work like it's a science of music that is meant to stick in your brain and be like you can be very good at it and still hate at it mm-hmm. and so that's what i love about pop music and i think that it is something that everyone can kind of appreciate even if it's not your taste it's something like yeah that is it works on me because i have a brain made like an animal and it works and hits all the the good chemicals that I want. I, I've often wondered, like, what was it like, like, 400 years ago when, like, music was all just, like, one flute? You know how music was bad 400 years ago. We all know yeah. this. This is, this is, it's a, it was just That's, a it's piano. Canon. It's absolutely, there was no amplifiers. How could it have been good? Did, did people feel the same way about that music as we feel about pop music where they were like, it's universal. Everybody loves it. Oh, hit the <laughs> fortissimo. Like, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Sharps and flats, baby. It, they must have, because that's all they had. Like that was pop music to them, right? Like it's it it. This is our classical. It's it's funny to think that like, because now looking back, all music was classical, but there were obviously subgenres of music. But we just kind of say, oh, it's all classical, classical unless you're yeah. yeah, unless you're like some kind of nerd. Uh, but there must have been people who were like, oh, I don't like. I don't like Baroque. I think it's right. it's too sexy for me. Baroque was the only one that I could think of, but I couldn't think of anything <laughs> to compare it with. Rococo? His piano finger's moving too fast. I don't like that. It makes me feel angsty. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, that is. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I refuse. I was just going to talk about Panera, and I've been thinking a lot huh? lately about Panera and other chain restaurants. And do you remember okay. when? Not really the podcast for that, but let's <laughs> I'll go. Get there. Let's I'll, go. Get there. I'll follow it. I'll follow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when Panera used to be like fancy, fancy, and would play classical music? Kinda. I, I, I am not sure. I recall this Panera era. When, now, now Johnny yeah, the, and Liz are both from Florida, so I don't know if you guys had like fancy classical Paneras different. there. Well, I. Th- I think it might also be just compared to everything else we had. Ah. Panera was fancy. <laughs> but like in high school, it'd be like, well, I want, I'm not, it's not fancy enough. Like it's not fancy like an Olive Garden, <laughs> but it's certainly better than a McDonald's, you know? No, I mean, it's, it's fast casual. You, it's where you go to break up with someone, basically. It's nice enough. You're not breaking up with them in a McDonald's, but yeah, it's still in public. I, I, do, I don't remember, I mean, I don't remember that. I do, just speaking of like McDonald's and things like that, I do remember the, the Taco Bell that we used to go to in high school for a, a long while just played classical music. It was the classical music Taco Bell and we would go in there and like hang out and, you know, and eat uh, in the restaurant and it was always classical music. I think it was just like a general manager who liked it and that's that, what they wanted to play. That's what I was going to say. That seems like the kind of thing, because I assume Taco Bell is a bunch of franchises. I think yeah. it is, yeah. So it's just like, hey, I'm I'm Kent, and I love classical music. <laughs> Welcome to my Taco Bell. It's like, hey, this is what we have. If you don't like it, well, still Taco Bell. I, I mean, I remember I worked at a uh, O'Charlie's in high school, which is a chain, like, uh, sit-down restaurant, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, you know of, of the... Uh, it's like a Chili's, basically. It's like a Chili's with like a little more of an Irish flair, I guess, Irish-American. But they, oh, Charlie's corporate, like sent you like a book of CDs, and that was the music for the restaurant. And you had mm. and you had like a six-disc changer, and it was just, those are the CDs that are on, and it was from oh, Charlie's corporate. And that was what you were approved to play. So I've always been like, it's fucking rules that there are just some restaurants that are like, no, nope, this is classical Taco Bell. This is what we do here. I, I worked at an Argo Tea when I first moved to Chicago, which basically doesn't exist anymore, but was a Starbucks, but for tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder why that doesn't exist anymore. They, they gave us, they had, like, this is the music that you play, and this is the volume that you have to play it. Oh, mm. shit. Well, that makes and sense. if we deviated from the volume, they... Um, they, you know, they would have people come around, but I, th- I feel like it, cause it was not a CD. It was hooked up to some sort of intranet. Uh-huh. So I assume, um, oh, so, th- so they could like see if we were not doing it correctly and we would like get notes that were like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I think a lot of speakers for chain restaurants are controlled. Like you just turn it on and it's piped in. I used to work at an Einstein brothers and I believe we just had silence. I don't think oh. we had any bagels. bagels no music. bagels, just silence. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, so we our pop music credibility is that we've all worked in the service industry. <laughs> so that's I know that. where they keep the bagels, baby. Oh. Mm-hmm. Have I have I ever talked about? I used to work in a movie theater. Yeah, you've talked. Have about I talked that. about cinema sounds? No. So there's the the life cycle of a movie theater is the the there's like the Pre-previews, which is the kind of local commercials and stuff that will air if you get there super early. Mm-hmm. Then there's the the previews, which are movie trailers and stuff. Mm-hmm. The movie. After the movie's credits, the all the lights come on and everything. And then there's just sort of like 
movie theater radio that plays. And a lot of different theater chains use what's called cinema sounds, which is movie theater music. But it was like, at least when I worked there, whatever, however long ago, it was just a guy who'd be like, hey, here's the next hit. Like he was like yeah. a DJ, but it was like the same six tracks. Pre-recorded. Oh, no. but, but they played like all of these songs are just like lodged so deep in my head because that's what would play while we were cleaning theaters. So like the movie gets out, you go in and you like sweep up and stuff. So it was like a bunch of Neo and they would play Regina Spector huh. and um, Scissor Sisters, like all of these Whoa. like weird. And this was in like 2005, 2006, 2007. Um, so some of them were like those kind of up and coming artists at the time. Some were people that like we just never heard of again. It was very strange. The the weirdest part about this to me, Johnny, is that that music is for you. Like it was for the people cleaning the theaters because everyone else is gone. No one's there, hanging out in the movie longer. If you are there when that is playing, you are either incredibly early or disrespectfully late. Wait, so is it possible that the music was chosen to be distasteful to people to get them out or just oh my god that's a that's a really that's really chilling good point. that's terrifying for regina specter who was like please don't put my music in the movie theaters it's like a little bit weird a little bit like not easy to listen to it's like oh i should leave there was one song i don't remember the artist it was called it's your lucky day could sing it if you wanted, but I won't. Um, Nobody asked. Everybody's pleased. <laughs> it it was that was one. It was such a fucking earworm, and it, I feel like we had it for like a year or two, and then it went away. And then like two years later, a the same song by a different artist came onto Cinema Sounds. Wow! It was just like they're trying to get this song to catch on. <laughs> All right, Johnny. I mean, the, we're pretty much putting uh, down uh, right now that we have to do a Cinema Sounds Patreon <laughs> episode at one point. I don't know how we're going to find that fucking music, but we will. I mean, I could make a playlist of the songs that I remember. Uh, I cannot <laughs> no. wait for this. Uh, but that is not what we are doing today. No, no, no. Today, we asked the lovely Liz Anderson, what music would you like to talk about on our pop music <laughs> appreciation show? And Liz, you chose 2001's yeah. Uh, uh, Pink's 2001 uh, second album. I, I, I'm going to say misunderstood is what yeah. I believe how you pronounce this. Yeah. It, is, it is a mess. I've had to spell this several times when I'm like saving files and looking it up. It, it is miss with the classic pink exclamation point instead of the I. Mm-hmm. Under mm-hmm. Z tood. T-O-O-D, yeah. misunderstood. I, the, the most troubling uh. thing about this to me, and there are a lot of troubling things about the title, is <laughs> why not put two Zs in miss? Or, or, or Yeah, put the Zs it's in miss. It's supposed to be miss. Sure. She is the miss. But the, if you're going to s- put the Z in there, it, in, it invites you to pronounce it. And Z followed by a T <laughs> is... Stood. It's stood. It's impossible. Stood. Leave the Z out. So I I guess my uh, title aside, my first question for you, Liz, is why did we, why did you have us listen to this? Why did we do this? That's a good question. Why did we do this? Okay. So when Johnny asked me to be on Bill Pud's podcast, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, great. Uh, There's lots of things that I think 
I could have chose that yes. were like <laughs> uh, that were like within my wheelhouse and stuff like I thought of a lot of pop punk and I thought a lot of things like I actually still like. Um, but then I decided like it seems like we were talking about pop music of the 90s and of the early aughts. And I thought when it would be fun to revisit some stuff from when I was like 10 or 11. So this came out in 2001. I was like pretty young and I, I was thinking of the two albums that I played when I was 11 years old and this is not a lie I had misunderstood by Pink and I think I got it from my aunt and then the first album I ever bought was Ugh. Nickelback's The Long Road and I thought like well Nickelback is a little bit memed, memeified sure. so I thought yeah. let's do Misunderstood and I thought it was going to be a fun jaunt down memory lane Mm -hmm. nostalgic mm -hmm. but also like kind of fun and light and i will tell you that i did my first re-listen last week and i was going i i was this close to messaging johnny and saying <laughs> can we do a different album yeah I, first of all i love the impulse and the inclination to say like what was i listening to when i was 11 years old i want to go back to that and listen to that again i think that that is such a good idea it you have just such a different I can think of albums of mine that I listened to when I was that age that I would love to re-listen to again and do on the show because I do think it is like you're experiencing it in this completely different way. Mm -hmm. That being said, I do not like <laughs> that we had to listen to this album. No. I do not like that I listened to it multiple times. Uh, I would not eat it time. with a box. I would not it eat was, it in a box. It was a challenging it, journey. It put me... It was a journey. It was a challenging album. It put me in a legitimately bad mental state when I listened to it. Like, I felt sad. I felt, yeah. like, embarrassed. Like, I think the word cringe is going to come up a lot. Mm -hmm. And not, like, good cringe, but bad cringe. It's, the I'm so sorry. But also, in a way, in a way, I think that the mood and the tone that she was even going for in this album was, like, sad. And, and yeah. uh, you know, it's... It, it, to a certain degree, the album, like the evocative effect that it was going for, kind of did uh, work on me as well. And and I, I don't want to belabor this point because we will talk about this album. And like I said, Liz, I do actually really love the inclination to pick this album. Mm -hmm. I will throw this out as a, uh, you know, just just for the rest of the episode. So you could both know this going into it. One of maybe my least favorite songs that I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, yeah. I heard on this album today. <laughs> I hope, so I genuinely I hope <laughs> it's the song that I picked as my favorite song on the album. Wait, wait, Johnny, <laughs> at this point, it kind of has to be because that's kind of our dynamic at this point. We're, we're, we're moving farther and farther away from ourselves. Uh, there's so much, they're so uh, bad. I, I it was a song that I was astounded when I listened to it the first time I was astounded. What every time I listened to it afterwards, I was like, I can't wait to talk about this. But um, uh, impressions of the album aside, you know, this is also this album came out November two thousand one. So this yeah. is like one month after nine eleven, <laughs> which is so fucking wild to me. Yeah, <laughs> oh it, that whole time period. Is is so much. Oh boy! I, I couldn't help but listening to this whole album, thinking because I I did not listen to this album. You heard the singles. Yeah. I heard I heard the singles, but I'd never I'd never yeah. heard the album before. I could not help but thinking this was some of the first pop music that a post nine eleven world was introduced to. Like this yeah. is some of the first pop music we had. I mean, not me. I was too busy keep keeping that POD album on repeat because that came out on nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, Boy. so yeah, we, we got to talk about this album. And th- what better way to talk about it? Oh, well, one more thing that, that Johnny pointed out to me as well. Um, we are listening to this album mm. on Spotify. Now, the order of all the tracks on Spotify is the second pressing of this album. Normally, that's not a big deal. There's maybe like a bonus track or whatever, an international track. This one, it's a fucking complete <laughs> mindfuck. Because mm-hmm. if you are listening to your original, if you bought this album in America, you're listening to the original, the track order is completely different. So, mm-hmm. so different that it's like, it kind of makes it feel like maybe it was a different album. Yeah, like there's three songs on the, the Spotify order that I've never heard, but be- that mm. I've never heard before. Yeah, it's it, it's wild. And and even when I was like doing research on this, like it's not like they just swapped like track two and track four. The they thing. reordered the whole fucking thing. But that's what we're going with. We're going with the reordered version. So if you're listening on Spotify, that's the version that we listen to. There's also on Spotify, there's like two bonus tracks that are listed that are like grayed out because I guess there's no access to them anymore. Whatever. We're not fucking with bonus tracks on this one. We are just going with not really the original, but the second pressing only tracks. Those are the ones that we are going with. So if we get to something that we're not really familiar with, we we know why. Um, Mm -hmm. But that aside, let's... I guess let's get the party started. Okay, so that is Get the Party Started. That is track one uh, from Misunderstood. I mean, this was a radio hit, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, everybody, I feel like, at the time heard Get the Party Started. Yeah, I, I'll say I was, um, I wouldn't consider myself a Pink fan, but I did have sort of fond memories of the singles before re-listening. Yes. And I... Same don't have fond memories of the singles after re-listening. I feel ruined. I feel ruined by it. For oh a my song God. called Get This Party Started or Get The Party Started, it is extremely boring. It's slow. It's it just slow. drags. In, in my head, this is, and maybe because of when it came out, but this is... The only context that I can imagine this is at a middle school dance and you're like standing in the corner alone, kind of like bobbing to it, like drinking a soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, this whole album and this as a single, it's very oh, yeah. 2000s, right? It's mm-hmm. very early 2000s and every part of it is, is early 2000s. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel I want to I want to say that this song is and this whole album is a collaboration between Pink and Linda Perry yes. from Four Non Blondes, which I had no idea. Me neither. Um, 
at, at the time. But like Linda Perry and Pink wrote and co-wrote almost every song on this entire album. Linda Perry produced it, did a lot of the instrumentation. Um, and like Pink, apparently Pink got Linda Perry's number from her hairdresser who mm-hmm. had Linda Perry's number in their book and was like, I want to I want to call her because I want to work with her. And then they worked together and did an album. Um, but this is a quote from Linda Perry about this song. I got Pro Tools and set it all up. Get the Party Started was just me figuring out what all this stuff does. I came up with that beat, laid it down, found all these weird chords and sounds and put the horns. And then I went back to my guitar for the wah-wahs. I was just having fun. I picked up a microphone and said, I'm just going to say every cliched line I can think of. And I came up with, get the party started on a Saturday night and wrote a bunch of stuff down. I called up my manager afterwards and said, I just wrote a damn hit. It was too easy. <laughs> I Linda. love that fucking energy. Ugh. That's I, yeah, amazing. And I think... A lot of the things about the album that work, it seems like Pink had three singles that were not written by Pink and that made them good or at least halfway decent songs. And the moment Linda let Pink just go off on Pink's own, things started to go a little bit awry. You know... I, I don't know I don't know who was responsible for what the album was, but the because I, 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 I hate I hate to put like the blame on anyone, right? Because it's sure. in in a, in a way that this is just kind of like a pop album. Like the lyrics to this album are, are not going to be much, and mm-hmm. that is most reflected in the songs that are like trying to be about something mm-hmm. that are just like devoid of like lyrics that would make them about something. But t- to this song, get the party started. I don't know. It, it doesn't age well because I think it's super dated, but I still have fond memories of listening to this. I mean, this song was all over Top 40 radio. Mm-hmm. This, this There's just was, not a lot to it. This was big on, on the VH1 Top 20, which is what mm-hmm. what I was watching at this time. Is this the one where she's on the bike? Like this driving through is, the city? So she is... It starts with her getting ready, literally getting ready for a party. A lot mm-hmm. of her videos are extremely on the nose with the lyrics. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um she's like at her house getting ready. She put she gets out of the shower in a comically large towel. It's like a it's fucking so beach towel. It's so um, big. and and in the and then she gets to the party and K Fed is there. She dances with K Fed a little bit. Oh! And mm-hmm. um the the video ends with like this weird slow dance break. It's like a fade out. It's like a visual fade out. But I, I wanted to say about this video too, Johnny, that her choreography is actually pretty good in this video. Like, yeah. I, I thought that she was, she. I, I don't think in my mind as like of Pink as like a dancer, but I was like, oh, you know what? She's not like shying away from it. Like I remember when we watched, you know, watched those Spice Girls videos. I was like, oh no, so most of them are just standing there. Um, but yeah, no, Pink's she, getting she after it. it. The, this video, I got to say, was like the most... The visuals and the style, it was oh, the yeah. most 2001 shit mm. of all time. And that, I think the visuals of the era more than the music sometimes are what really, like, get me. Yeah, that's what stuck with me about, like, late 90s, early 2000s is is, is the visuals. It's so... I can't even describe it or put my finger on it, but there is something so just, like immediately recognizable about the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. The word that comes to mind when I think about it is peacock. 
I, I felt like I felt like colors were vibrant, yeah. things were flamboyant. Like pink, pink is a lot of like her hair straight up into the air type of thing. Like th- that, you know, the clothes were bigger. Everything was bigger. It, it just felt yeah, yeah peacocky. And, She's a big and, shiny uh, bird. Mm-hmm. The 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 camera work on all of these videos too. It's a combination of like everything's in a fucking fisheye. There are these weird like um, zooms and pans and like it's like a combination of like really stilted movement and really fluid movement. And sometimes like one element in the frame will be very fluid and other things will be stilted. I don't know. It's so strange. It's beautiful. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this guy. So, so this song starts out with the chorus. That's weird, right? That doesn't happen a lot. Huh? Well, the chorus is very short. Yeah, and if there's not much to the chorus, it's just get the party started. But it is, there are a few tracks on this album that start with the chorus. And I just wondered, like, was that a Linda Perry, you know, was that her thing? Yeah, is I I don't know Four Non Blondes well enough to know if they had a bunch of, like, chorus songs that started with the Mm. chorus. I, I, uh, apparently, because I did a little more research into her, she, Four Non Blondes only had one album. So you that makes probably sense. they only had one single, <laughs> right? You know the you know the song "What's Up" for sure. You probably don't know mm-hmm. any others. And then she's done a ton of she's produced for a ton of people. Did you see she's produced for Christina Aguilera, Alicia Keys, Gwen Stefani, Courtney Love, and Kelly Osbourne. So she's think, she also works with like Adele as well. She's she's worked she's with putting a lot in the work too. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was also um, married to uh, the like daughter I think on Roseanne. Which one? Huh? Which- Okay, they <laughs> they are since uh, divorced. Uh, Sarah Gilbert, um, who oh. uh, played, oh man, what did Sarah Gilbert? I'd never really watched Roseanne. I think there's only like the daughter, or I don't, know. or was she the sister, daughter. Jackie? That's my guess. Darlene. She Damn landed it. the role of Darlene Connor, the sarcastic middle child in Roseanne at the age of thirteen. After appearances in a Kool Aid commercial, oh, oh, oh. Uh, but but uh, they are no longer together. They I think they divorced in or I'm sorry they were separated uh, December 2019. So oh. right oh. before the pandemic hit, uh, we're talking Oof. about three months before that. That's that's pretty good timing. That's good luck. Yeah, that's good timing. <laughs> you did not want to be in a marriage that you are not having a good time in when that pandemic hits. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, either way, uh, yeah, it, she, you know. She did. She basically did this whole album. So I had no idea listening to this at any point that the four non blondes lady was the one responsible for misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did was there any part of you guys that that still really liked get the party started? It. I mean, it still has that association with that time for me. Mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. I was just very surprised how boring it was. Yeah, it's a very, very simple pop song, which is kind of like why it, I I think that's why it has that weird nostalgia, but like just okay nostalgia to it. Just like, oh yeah, I know all the words to this, but I'm not going to, it's not going to be the first thing I remember remember when I think about pop music in the early aughts. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it, it is not my go-to like early aught pop music song. But does it belong on a playlist? Yeah, probably. 
probably yeah. somewhere on that playlist. Probably early on, because you got to get the party started. Yeah, in, in my Mercedes-Benz. Uh, so, again, we're going to go from get the party started to, I, I think this is a confusingly named song, but this song is called 18 Wheeler. So let's yep. talk about 18 Wheeler. Okay, so that's um, that's eighteen wheeler, uh, named after the truck. Her favorite type of truck. Her over with. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, yeah, th- this one. This one's a man. This one's a trip, huh? Yeah that I, that was a big yikes when I heard that. Like, I okay. So the last time I heard this song was like maybe fifteen years ago, right? So mm-hmm. I'm listening to it. And I hear the chorus, and I'm like, that can't, that can't possibly be the lyric. That can't possibly. And I look it up, and I'm like, oh, my God. How? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 assu- I assume that what you're uh, talking about, Liz, is the lyric, you can hang me like a slave. Oh. Uh, which, is, which is, you know... Uh, a confusing thing for Pink to say because I think a little bit of uh, uh, Pink's whole shtick, you could probably rightfully say, is like appropriative uh, to a mm-hmm. certain degree of oh, yeah. black culture. We'll, so we'll get there. Like, <laughs> so yeah, to have lyrics like that, there is like, what the fuck are you thinking? The, the other like wild part about this song, and the, this is what I uh, read with some research, is that, or I researched, I should say, is that the. I won't give a fuck is in this song, but it's edited out on every version that exists of this. And the reason that they did that was because they didn't want to put a content warning and parental advisory on this album. And this was her biggest selling album. So they took the curses out of this album uh, everywhere so that it would be sold without a parental advisory. How strange. I was wondering why I could not find the explicit version of the album. And this was clearly edited. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, it's also, it says a lot about, you know, our whole deal that you can't say fuck, but you can just kind of gleefully sing about lynching uh, and not get an explicit rating. I mean, there's a lot of like, it's the same with like the, the movie ratings. Like it, you can do a lot of really fucking horrible shit, but then if you show like uh, someone's penis, they're like, that's an X, that's a rated X movie. Like, unless it's a good penis, it depends on how, it does depend on how good the penis looks. If it's a very good penis. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. What's the, oh God, Fassbender. I mean, he gets G ratings because (laughs) G for great looking penis michael fassbender that's why forgetting sarah marshall was rated r because jason siegel's penis is not a great penis and also jason siegel keep it to yourself we've heard about you (laughs) (laughs) the the chorus of this too is just like it's like you can push me out the window i'll get back up you can run me over with your 18 wheeler truck i won't give a fuck it's like this like what's going on she heard tub thumping and said i want to do one of those i want to do a tub Mm -hmm. thumping Mm-hmm. It, like, it was one of those things for me where, 
listening to something from your past makes you think about like who you were at the time and like who you were who I was as like an 11 year old and it put me in like a really bad like it made me feel like boy I thought I would have had better taste when I was a kid I thought I would have known all these things I like I I'm ashamed of who I was I'm ashamed of what I listened to (laughs) it was it put me it I went in a real spiral because like oh I've I feel that way about the whole album. Now, on the other side of it is like, it is very interesting because the reaction that you're having shows that there has been or must be some growth, you know, in between the time that you just, you weren't conscious of because you were living your life the whole time. I I liken it to, I'm not on Facebook anymore and haven't been for many years, but when I was out of college, I was still Facebook friends with people that I had gone to grade school with Mm -hmm. and... When sometimes when I would see the kind of stuff that they were posting, the older I got, the more I was like, oh, wow, like we went in such different directions. And it, it that's the feeling that I got while listening to like this album a little bit. You know, it's it's just like, oh, yeah, the world, the world went in a different direction, Pink. Like it moved mm-hmm. on. It, well, it's also it's tough because when you're 11 20 years ago you don't both of those things combined it's just like you have no fucking clue you know this is just what is on i also i felt like i was this song a single because i felt like i had heard this i johnny i don't think it was it might have been like played a little bit on pop radio but never charted or Mm. something or maybe they tried to test bubble it for sure top 40 and never made it but yeah it's just like you know, I think about that a lot when I listen to older music because I I would be in my parents' car with my portable CD player in the back seat, just like singing whatever the fuck, not yeah. knowing. I know I didn't, you know, singing like Green Day or whatever, not knowing what the hell I'm singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Third Eye Blind with their like you know song mm-hmm. about doing crystal meth and shit like that. It's, yeah, you you just don't know. Um, well, you know, speaking of things that we just don't know or maybe we didn't get right, why don't we talk about track three on the reorder, which is uh, the title track, Misunderstood. Let's get into Misunderstood. And this was the opening track of the original pressing, I believe. Which makes sense. It's the title track. The chorus so nice, she sang it twice. <laughs> All right, so what do we think of uh, Misunderstood? It's a weird song. <sighs> yeah, it's it's weird because clearly she, she just got a new Casio keyboard and found the Bossa Nova preset. <laughs> yeah, oh no, that is it. I mean, Linda Perry previously said, I just got Pro Tools, so yes. <laughs> but it's like, it's catchy, and I don't hate it. 
I went through something very similar. I, it's it, there are things I hate about it. The intro, she says, "Go Damon, go Linda, go Pink," and Damon and Linda are her producers. But it's not like when like rappers say it because like when I think when rappers say like e- Scott Storch did tracks on this album, and I know his name from when rappers say it, but. Damon and Linda, like Linda, are... is not a name of a producer that you want to like shout out. I'm I'm sorry. Go Linda, go Linda. Yeah, go yeah, go Damon and Linda. Like that sounds like you're talking about like your aunt and her kid. <laughs> you know. Um, the other thing that we we didn't get to hear, unfortunately, is the way the track ends. Yes, just which is a mistake. Someone's saying X Lax commercial. I assume Damon. That's Damon, because she's going, uh. Yeah. And then Pink says, this ain't no damn X-Lax commercial. This is my first single, man. And they kept it. They kept it on there because they were like, that's good. It opened up the album originally. This is how she presented herself to the world. The... Something that that is kind of a theme throughout this whole album is I feel like Pink had this image of being kind of like edgier than than yeah. your Britneys or or yes. maybe even than your Christinas who was kind of the edgier Britney at the time. Yeah. But all of these songs are so n- n- nothing. They're so um tame, you know, and well, yeah. and so like flaccid. There's the, and I know I don't know if you guys are going to get into it later, but like L.A. Reid was is the the head of her record company at the time, and he went on record saying, "Yeah, I didn't think this album was very good." <laughs> it has like a seventy seven on Metacritic, which is like wild because that's like consensus was it was pretty good. I, I, I'll tell you what, man, I poured over some of these lyrics with a fine tooth fucking comb trying to figure out what they were about. I was like. In what way is she misunderstood? Is she going to explain to me how she's misunderstood? No, she she doesn't. She literally does not. And the song is like three and a half minutes long. And it's just like, it's the same as her other song. She just talks about why she's like cool or, man, this, this whole album is like barely, it's skin deep. It, it does not go any deeper. You you yeah. you're not you're not getting blood. You're not drawing any blood out of this album. Mm-hmm. Every everything is a first draft. It's just the first thing she wrote down in her little lyrics notebook. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that is the way that it feels. Now, at the same time, I listened to this album a bunch of times, and "Misunderstood" was one of the ones that I came back to. That was like I was boom getting into the groove, and I I, I did I did like the song. Yeah, it, it did stick with me, but. Man, when when I started to dig a little into it, I, I fucking found nothing in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I think you know that's kind of a recurring theme that we're finding on this podcast is you you just don't want to dig that deep. the The other thing, and Johnny, I think you talked about this being um, the the this music made you think of uh, Bossa Nova on a Casio keyboard. Yeah, but the what it made me feel like and. I don't know. I'm sure a fan will tell me if this is an accurate depiction. Was did anyone ever play uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time? Yeah. When you go into Goron City, there's like a ooh, up, ooh, 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 and it's like it, the, the bass in this song made me feel like I was going into Goron City in Ocarina of Time, but like not not in like a fun way for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
fuck. Fuck. Yeah, like a bad way for me. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, speaking of songs that made me think of other songs, let's talk about uh, Dear Diary. Life's like this. Yeah. Oh, no. Another track starting with the chorus. Yeah. All right. Well, there's her reaffirming that she's a uh, an absolute bad girl. I yeah. Dear Diary. I well, first of all, Complicated by Avril Lavigne came out a year after Dear Diary. That's but what was, I was looking up just now. There was no way that when I heard this intro to Dear Diary, I wasn't immediately thinking about Complicated. It's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same song. There's also the Britney Spears song Dear Diary. Today mm-hmm. I saw a boy. I wonder if you noticed me. Took my breath away. I don't know which one came first, but they are very similar. What album was Dear Diary on? Wow, that's that would be crazy if if Britney's Dear Diary was first because Pink name checks Britney in this yeah. album, and it would be funny if she like took a song and name checked Britney in the album. <laughs> Dear Ugh. Diary is on. It's on. Oops, I did it again. Which I believe was before this, a year before this. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's bold. That is bold, Pink. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about this one. It, it It's a slow song. It suffers from the thing that every other song on this album suffers from, which is that it's the lyrics are nothing. What does being a bad girl even entail? I feel like that's just, it's just, it just feels like something to say, you know? I feel like there's something there, like, I I think Pink in her younger years did have addiction issues, and I think a lot of her songs reference that. But I think there's also a lot of it is wanting to differentiate herself from the Britneys and Christinas of the world. Mm-hmm. And even, like, from her first album, which was pretty heavy R&B. And I listened to her first album. It's a lot better. Really? Because <laughs> she had producers. And it, as an R&B album, it hangs together. And, like, it has hmm. still... Are th- yeah. Are there any tracks from that that we would recognize? Uh, most girls want a man with a bling bling. Hey, oh, that's yeah. her. Uh, yeah, that's I the thing. That doesn't. That's not familiar to me. Whoa! Uh, what the fuck? Yeah, modern pink has very little to do with the first album, pink, which is has to do with like that appropriation stuff. Um, yeah, it, it. I read online that her direction got. Uh, switched up pretty in this this album was definitely a departure but also her most uh, commercially successful of of all of her albums she mm-hmm. did there you go mm-hmm. what the fuck yeah it's completely i don't think she even performs those songs wow we but yeah you've you've heard those jpc you've I, I, absolutely I must have, heard those. i must have heard them in my mind pink occupies the same space as gwen stefani but when mm-hmm. i think about any specific song i'm like oh no those are all gwen stefani songs and then i like don't <laughs> really remember i was like they maybe they had similar hair at one point but they both had pink hair around this time yeah 
I mean, <laughs> Dear Diary is a song as well. It's like, yeah, it is about kind of her being a uh, bad. It's about, I mean, she talks about this a lot, especially in this album of her like dad leaving, like her dad really f- affected her. It feels like um, making bad decisions. She talks about like there's some drug uh, addiction stuff later on in this album as well. Um, I've got a guardian angel tattooed on my shoulder. She's been watching over me uh, in this song. So it's, you know, it is like, I don't know, man. I mean, so much of this song, I was like, I think if she had just gone a little bit deeper, we could have gotten some lyrics that really meant something. That That's any of the songs on this album that are like trying to, to do that, to be more, I guess, like introspective. It, it, it does just feel like. It feels like 14 year old poetry. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. It it feels cringy, but most of all, it feels like it there's bad and interesting and there's bad and boring, and mm-hmm. this is bad and boring. It's, and that's kind of the worst thing you can do. I don't know how you write poetry or music, but it feels almost like this is like the outline of what she wants to convey. Yeah. And then then she would eventually like write the lyrics that convey this. You know what I mean? Do it an actual draft, yeah. It, it, it feels to me like, because I don't mind bad lyrics in pop songs, because that's no. the whole, that's that's all of that's pop the songs. That's the thing. But the, it, it's, it's, it's lyrics that are like vague or like, I don't know, yeah, just like not really specific. The song is not even really written by her, it's like written in part by her. And then, there's no me- there's no like deeper meaning to a lot of it and, and it makes it harder to follow Be- and it's because the point of the song the purpose of the song is going in this dark introspective place but nothing else follows that purpose it's just like a, a purpose that feels abandoned in a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well, well I mean th- this is also weird because they resequenced the tracks in this exact way. They put Dear Diary and then right after it, Eventually, which is another slow-tempoed song. Which so let's listen. Sounds the, the exact same. It does. It really does. Let's listen to track five. This is Eventually. So many players you think I was a game. Yikes. <laughs> That's... Every man for themselves. She just like opened up a Yo Mama joke book. So this song doesn't really have a chorus either. It's just got that refrain of like, and I hope I'm there and I hope I'm there. You'll get Mm -hmm. yours eventually type of thing. Like it's, it's a, it's a strange one. Very slow. With the weird moral, like, I hope my enemies get what's theirs and I hope that I'm there when it happens. Like, okay, Pink. Okay. She's been wronged. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is very much like. It's a slow song about revenge, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's a confusing one too. Well, I mean, that's maybe this is what she was confessing to in her diary. 
there's like lines in this song like it's you know we talked about it so many plays you'd think i was a ball game i don't really get what that means no there's another one i drank your poison because you told me it's wine shame on me shame on you if you fool me once shame on me if you fool me twice and it's like what do those lines even really have to do with each other you poisoned me, and I won't do it again, because yeah. then I'm the foolish one. To win my love to them a game, to watch me live my life in pain. It's like, uh, I get that they rhyme, kind of. but like a rhyme dictionary and saw it like, I don't like these. I'm going to do the slant one. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, It's tough. And, and this one is slow. I guess I haven't really been saying it, but so far these are all skips for me. No. <laughs> Even get the party started? No, no. If I'm if I'm being honest, get the party started is 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 uh, I like, and I do like misunderstood. But I mean, dear diary, and eventually, I just don't think there's much going on. This is like a these are those are like they gotta be skips for me. Yeah, it's not it's not looking good, Pink. It's not looking great. So let's I mean let's keep this party going, uh, and let's talk about track six. This is numb. So th- this is two years before the Linkin Park song, Numb. She's a trendsetter. Something about this feels like uh, like Courtney Love to me. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, well, Linda Perry worked Grungy. with Courtney Love. Oh yeah, that's right. She did. There you go. There, there were a couple tracks on here that were like, "Oh, this is just a rock song," which was she's kind of all over the place on this she album. Is. There's like a jazz song on this album at one point too. Yeah, I. You know what? This one I did not mind. I think that this one, the chorus of this one is so much stronger because. It's just, I was weak before, now you made me so numb. I can't feel much for you anymore. I gave you my all, my baby, I'm numb, numb, numb. It's quick, it's short, there's not enough going on to feel like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, it's numb, and, and you're out. Yeah, this one, this one to me, I, I, I enjoyed this one too. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's it's catchy, it's good, it's, it, um, it is in and out with the chorus, which I like. It felt like, this felt like a song from, that was made for a movie soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist. Hmm. <laughs> what movie? Like, I don't know. Like, and maybe this is just because like the last thing we did was Josie and the Pussycats, but it just felt like, like this is, this would be on an album called like songs inspired by the film triple X or something. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a montage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it, it's trying to do something a little different. Like the pattern, the the beat pattern of the chorus is like, oh, that's something that I hadn't really heard before. Like I, I re- re- when I was re-listening, I thought like, oh, this is a, a halfway decent attempt, I think. The, to me, are you, guys, are you guys familiar with like writing prompts will like, uh, where writing prompts will have like a, a famous passage or something and be like, now you try or, or like a pi- picture when you're painting it, like you'll, you'll see the finished painting. And then like, now you try your hand at painting that painting. Yeah. To me, Numb is someone like gave pink 
torn by Natalie and Bruglia. She listened to it. And then they were like, they took it away and they gave her a pen and a paper. And they were like, now you write a song. It, and and then she wrote none. It's a it's a police sketch of <laughs> torn by yeah. Natalie and Bruglia. It, it's that a it's such a good point. It's a boardwalk caricature of <laughs> torn by Natalie and Bruglia. Yeah, because it's like a rock song, but it has all like the that pop overproduction, so it doesn't feel like a rock song anymore. But somewhat like, oh, let's give Pink a cup and make her sound like she's staticky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of want to hear like a mashup now of this, like, I was weak and I'm all out of faith. Now you made me so <laughs> no, I'm already torn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but but again, th- this was the first one on the album for me that I don't recall hearing this song. I think that was the first time I've ever heard it when I was listening to this album where I was like, okay, yeah, numb. I Yes, th- this to me feels more like it's got like a theme and a message to it too. Mm-hmm. And it feels more on like point than, than the other songs in this album for me. Yeah. And the lyrics match the tone of the music. Like it's in a minor <laughs> key. So we're talking about like, Oh, I'm angry. So I'm singing an angry rock song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pink. That makes sense. Um, okay. Well, let's go on to track number seven. This one is, uh, I think the guys correct me if I'm wrong. This is another one of her singles, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, This is track seven. This is Just Like a Pill. Just Like a Jagged Little Pill. Okay, so that's just like a pill. I like this one. Yeah, this one's this one is pretty good still. It's a good song. It's it's fun. Like it's it's it, if I had to pick like what Pink's whole thing is, it's like oh yeah, there's like a little like the drug addiction thing in there, so it's like a little dangerous, but there's like there's kind of a rock element to this song as well. Um she is kind of like She's kind of like shouting a lot of the the chorus, uh, you know. It, it it feels like powerful in a way that I associate like pink with like power. And it's it's like dynamic. It's got like the you know the chorus is like got that power. Then the mm-hmm. the verses are like a little more introspective and and subdued, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think this is definitely the bridge towards like what pink ended up doing more of because compared to get this party started it doesn't sound as much as like oh that is the 2000 2001 i know exactly yeah. what it is it's a little bit more timeless a little bit more just like mm-hmm. a general pop song and, and the uh the 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 metaphor simile drug illusion thing that she's doing in this song to like your love is like a drug and it's leaving me like a bad trip and all that stuff i you know i that's that is she's not covering new ground there but i think she did she did it really well i think it's Mm -hmm. a really good execution of that kind of motif that you will find in a lot of like pop slash rock songs um 
And for whatever reason now, I've listened to like seven tracks where she's told me she's a bad girl. I believe her now that we get to just like a pill. I'm like, okay, I know from her previous record, Pink is a bad girl and she's done some bad, bad things. And so when she says that this boy makes her feel like it's a drugs, I think I agree that she maybe has a little experience with drugs and boys. Uh, I'll be honest, before I did this re-listen, I'm pretty sure I thought that this song and Don't Let Me Get Me were the same song. It, they have similar uh, structures, yeah. and I think they are the same key. So mm, Interesting. One thing also I have to take issue with uh, in this song is, um, and I'll, I'll say it, but I'm not, I'm not happy with it. I said I tried to call the nurse again, but mm. she's being a little, and I won't say the word, because mm. in, this, in 2020 and 2021, we actually respect nurses now because they're actually doing a really good job, Pink. And the way that you talk about nurses is really going to come back to haunt you because nurses are actually the heroes. Uh, and if you're a nurse and you're listening to this, uh, sincerely, thank you. That's a, it's a, what a, what a, what a brave profession to be in at this point. It's interesting that you're allowed to say that word in an album, but you can't say fuck. I know, right? And like that, that didn't get a parental advisory. Like the appointed at a person calling someone a, a bad word. A nurse. The exclamation of uh, the idea of fuck. Wow. I, to me, I say that 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 is something that I actually don't like. Uh, it's Pink, also so that's a point against you. It's also crazy that the next song is called uh, <laughs> "Grocery Store Cashiers Eat Shit," and that's just <laughs> the title, and it's allowed to be there. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Boy, this really hasn't aged well, Pink. Am I right, you guys? <laughs> this is a uh, track eight. How hard is your job? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Johnny, we we have to talk about this. Got to talk the, about the video. You watched the video, right? Oh yeah. Oh, the song also has a fade out. This album is just fucking full chock a block full of fade outs. It's you can't. How can you expect Pink to end a song when she can barely write a song <laughs> in the first place? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Like, get us out of there. This song, I, I like this song, but there's almost nothing to it lyrically. Like, there's two oh, yeah. very brief verses. Um, Johnny, please talk about this video. The well, first of all, the aesthetic is incredible. It's mm. um, the video. Did you, did anyone else watch it? Did you watch it? I, I did, Johnny. And I will say, the only video that I was familiar with was "Get the Party Started." I know I've seen that. The other two videos, I got a lot to say about, but let's talk about "Just Like a Pill." I was actually most familiar with the third video, uh, "Don't Let Me Get Me," but this this one I had never seen. It's like her. I assume that she's supposed to be in some sort of mental institution. That's kind of the vibe Which that I was getting. Is tough um, to begin with. It is very challenging. I, I'm I'm sorry, but. If this, if what she is in right now is a mental institution, they need to have their license revoked because <laughs> what this looks like is a BDSM orgy. So I just don't, I think they're taking fucking advantage of the patients in that mental hospital. Oh, you think that they're fucking the elephant and the rabbits? <laughs> I th- at first when I was watching this video, I was like, this is kind of nothing. It's just her sitting in a room. And then all of a sudden there's an elephant and mm-hmm. then there's, there's, uh, rabbits, and then there's like this weird, like s- slash from Guns N' Roses, Grim Reaper man, Grave Man, yeah. And then there's a lot of just like, oh, pe- like it's it's moving around a lot, and the camera angle shifting, but there are people just like fucking full on fucking all over in this video. The camera in this felt like, have you ever watched a a movie that was edited to be full screen? 
Yes. And they do like pan and scan. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what uh-huh. that's what like the video uh-huh. style of this was where every it was uh-huh. and I feel like that was kind of a thing at the time where yes. like I don't know, but that's what it felt like. I was just like getting dizzy having the camera like shift around like it was on some weird dolly. I'm I'm getting ahead a little bit because I I'll just go ahead and say that I think that there's no reason for anyone to actually listen to this album. But no, do watch no. the videos. Do watch the videos. There is a point in this where she is she the 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 camera angle is a man with no shirt and like like leather pants and she is screaming directly into this man's crotch. She's just singing into this <laughs> man's crotch and it keeps coming back to it. And maybe like the second or third time that it comes back to it, she like takes her hand back because her hands are like at his waist and she like slams her hand it looks like into his crotch and I can only imagine (laughs) that like moments after she did that like the director was like cut Tyler you okay bud he's like "Mm -hmm. I'm good (laughs) she was just really feeling the music Pink, hey Pink, scale back you got a little too into it but remember Tyler is an extra he's making $25 today he doesn't need a permanent penis injury. <laughs> this is a wild video. You have to watch this video. It's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah. Oh. And the, Johnny, the song ends in a fade out. The video ends in a fade out too, which is like, why? Why? Goodbye. It's... Goodbye. I, uh. I think the, well, well, we'll get there. I think the third one also ends in a fade out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will get there when we get there. All just right, like, come on, let's Pink. let's let's just move on. Let's talk about track eight. <laughs> track eight. This is uh, don't let me give you. This is track eight. This is family portrait. <laughs> this is like the end of the song. There's this like her singing with the kids and the... okay, well that's that's family portrait. Now I, I would like to speak as a child of divorce. This is some pretty cringy shit. Like I was, I was, you know, I grew up with divorced parents, and uh, I can't imagine writing some cringy shit like this. This is this is this is truly truly pretty wild. I'll speak as an adult of divorce. Um... Another I'm divorced. Fucking clowned. (laughs) My my parents got divorced when I was older. Um yeah, this fucking sucks. It's it's and you know it feels bad because this is a longer song. This is like a five minute song. You can it seems like she it seems like this was an important song to her because it's yeah. so long. The emotion that she has, like, I don't want my mom to change her last name. It's just like, that's the most emotion she showed the entire album. And it's, ooh. The, the, what I've heard from this song is that, 
Well, this is from a perspective of her as a nine-year-old when her parents are getting a divorce. That is the way this song feels. It feels like a nine-year-old's reaction to it. Yeah. The problem is she's singing this as like, I don't know, a 20-something. She's like 20, 22. Like woman. But she said, this is a quote from Pink that she told um, Entertainment Weekly. That was a poem from that I wrote when I was nine when my dad left. My mom cried for four days when she heard it. I've seen my dad cry three times, and that was one of them. That was awful. And then my stepmom cried. She's so strong. She was an army nurse in Vietnam. I'd never seen her cry. That was a song I wrote for me, and I didn't realize how much it was going to hurt them. Two things about that. A, it's like it is written from a nine-year-old's perspective, and it sounds like you wrote it a poem, but unless this is verbatim the poem, I don't buy that excuse. The second thing is, this song is incredibly hurtful because it paints both her parents in a pretty bad light, I think. How could she not know that this was going to hurt them? Like, of course it will. Yeah, and playing it for them at a time where it seems like everything's pretty resolved. (laughs) Well, I mean, truly none of this, like, because if it, this is like trauma, right? So like the trauma is not sure. really resolved. It's more just like moved past probably. Mm-hmm. But but still, it's just like it does feel like because it's it doesn't help resolve anything. It's just it just yeah. brings up these raw fucking emotions from a nine year old experiencing this thing. And like such a uh, oh man. Remember when you both made me miserable? I want to play a song that millions of people are going to hear. I got a children's chorus. They're part of it. <laughs> and they're, and all their parents are divorced. <laughs> There's a lot of war imagery in this album as well. And at one oh, point in the yeah. pre-chorus, she says, it ain't easy growing up in World War III, never knowing what love could be. And it's like, I'm sorry, but calling like your parents diver- divorce World War III? Like, uh, I mean, I, I look, I don't want to say that her home life wasn't bad because it could have been fucking awful. But like, that's just a little bit of a hyperbolic as a child of divorce i'm like look it was bad but it was a pretty standard divorce like you know like world war three as an adult of divorce uh it was pretty easy (laughs) for me to avoid the worst of it i just kind of didn't go home anymore (laughs) (laughs) um she also does open the track by saying some deep shit which is how you know that it's Johnny coming. means literally. She literally says the lyrics. Yes. Some, she says, uh, some deep shit. And then she gets into it. God, it, at this, it seems like no one is telling her no when she's putting things into the album. Or at least not even saying, oh, like, oh, I really want to do this song that is very meaningful to me. But because it is like so meaningful to her, no one is really giving her that outside perspective. Like, you sure you want to do this? Because this is a weird way for you to, like, these lurks you had as a nine-year-old. Is this how you really feel right now? Yeah. Like, it, Is this you, the face that you want to present to people? You said that the person who was in charge of this label said that he did not care for this album. Yeah, correct? Ella Reed. Yeah. Is it possible... That they kind of let her make a bad album because they were like, "We're just done with you on our label." Like we, well, yeah, probably. But this like, was hey, her most commercially successful album. That's that's the thing. Well, I maybe hear the three singles that you have, and the rest of the album you can kind of do whatever you want. 
maybe this was like the label doing the producers and then like <laughs> you know I, I don't know i feel like to a certain degree like wasn't there like a like dear mama on the spice girls album as well mm-hmm. like every everybody gets one like you can have one song where you talk about your fucked up family or whatever but, but the dear dear mama or whatever from spice girls was like thank you for everything yes. you were good to well were good, I mean, actually pink had the upbringing that she had she didn't get the spice girls upbringing that's true the backstreet boys had a thank you mom mom you always were the perfect fan mm. mom you were the perfect fan come follow me on parlor uh, <laughs> Hoofa doof. Uh, well, let's move on uh, because we're, now we're getting to a truly fun part of the album. Uh, this is a part where we take a little detour and we just listen to an Aerosmith song. Uh, this is track. <laughs> this is track nine. This is misery. That is Pink and Steven Tyler singing Misery. Now, this just feels like an Aerosmith song. It doesn't feel like one of their good ones, but it does just feel like an Aerosmith song. It is one. I got to tell you, as an adult of divorce who loves Aerosmith, (laughs) this song was a treat. (laughs) I want to get on the rock and roller coaster featuring Aerosmith and enjoy this song. I, I do. I mean, Aerosmith was my first concert. My dad took me when no I was uh, really? 13 or 14, me and my brother, to see an Aerosmith concert. Uh, and I think like Tool or Fuel opened up for them. I don't remember which really? one. I don't remember which one. It has to be Fuel. It has to be Fuel. That's very funny. Uh, opened up for Aerosmith. And um, and I was a big Aerosmith fan, you know, I was because I grew up with my dad's music. And my dad fucking loved Aerosmith. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have my, a soft spot in my heart for Steven Tyler. My mom loves Aerosmith and I'll say it this is my favorite song on the album I love Johnny, I love Steven Tyler Johnny this is not my least favorite song of all time which okay. we, we will get to <laughs> uh, that I, I, like I said I didn't hate the song I didn't love this song it felt like an Aerosmith song and I don't hate Aerosmith songs but it didn't feel like like I said a memorable one so that yeah. that's all I can say about that I like the inclination of Pink to be like well, I want a song that's not a pink song on here because all the rest of these are trash pink songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have an Aerosmith song. And Tyler's putting in the work. He's got that high harmony. Mm-hmm. He's screaming. Good for him. This uh, this came out. Uh, so this pink album came out in 2001. In March of 2001, the Aerosmith album Just Push Play came out, which was, I feel like, kind of. They had some radio play with that too. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Seems like maybe they're part of their kind of like comeback and maybe a little bit of their last hurrah. <laughs> some synergy. Um, that, that just push play. That uh, is probably the concert that I saw. Oh, that tour almost is probably certainly yeah. the, the, my first concert. Yeah, I, I, I can hear the song "Just Push Push Play" very clearly in my head. I loved that album. I, yeah, I good. played that album nonstop. 
We should have done that album. We should have done that album, but we did this one instead. So uh, let's talk about track 10. Um, this is Respect featuring Scratch. <laughs> Cowbell. Funky Cold Medina. The intro, in the intro, she says, this is my rap song. This is, this is her rap song. <laughs> this, like, bass line, too, feels like... It feels like like instrumentation from the movie Snatch, <laughs> or like a heist. It's like I got a, a heist vibe. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the montage. So you just get out of the scene where they're explaining the plan, and then mm-hmm. that's the montage where it's like you see them like handing off the briefcase and like you know drilling into walking the, in their yeah. high heels it's the oceans 11 scene when they've got out everybody in the house and they're like that's not even the worst part the vault's got that and then they cut to the vault and they're doing the flips <laughs> uh well this one's bad <laughs> it's, it's not great um did anyone have a favorite line from this song i know i did pick up lines like what's your sign won't get you any place uh, I'll, mine's, a, mine's a classic favorite line in the intro this is my rap song <laughs> I was a big fan of you was thinking you's gonna get it for free thank you oh. Pink she also says so Mr. Big Stuff who do you think you are in this song so it's like she's <sighs> she's going she's this is this is one better left to the annals of deep memory <laughs> The the moral is also really confused yeah. because it's like uh, we're demanding respect for men, but there's also a weird purity culture thing. Like, don't no freebies in the limousine, ladies. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I well, then who? <laughs> then, <laughs> I respect me. They respect me. Who who respect? Okay, look, let's get to track eleven. This is the one that I have literally been waiting the whole album for because. This is my favorite one on the album. This is Don't Let Me Get Me. I think this is a legit good song. So let's listen to a little bit of Don't Let Me Get Me from the beginning. Never win first place. I don't support the team. I can't take direction and my socks are never clean. Teachers dated me. My parents hated me. I was always in a fight because I I think that like this song definitely feels like dated of the early 2000s, but I still think that this is like a fucking fun song. Like I, I, this to me is when I think of Pink, this is the mood that I think about. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is fun. F- fun. Yeah. Here, here's like, some fun the so, stuff that's not so fun in the song. Uh, she talks about how teachers dated her. That's like, not ugh, ideal. Not God, Jesus. Uh, w- which is 
bad. <laughs> not not necessarily bad that she's singing about it. Like, Christ, I hope it's just like a lyric and it wasn't mm-hmm. like part of her life. Um, and then again, more war stuff. Every day I fight a war against the mirror. I can't stand the person staring back at me. I'm a hazard to myself. At least it's evocative. Like, I, I get what she's going for. Uh, she also has the the tired of being compared to damn Britney Spears. She's so pretty. That just ain't me. That feels like a studio note line where it's like yes. we're trying to generate like beef or something. Also, there's no lyric after that. She's so pretty. That just ain't me. Like you could have had more words. Mm-hmm. Describe it. <laughs> the other thing is it's it's one of my least favorite things. It's you'll you'll see this in movies everywhere where a objectively super attractive person who's very pretty will say something like she's so pretty and it's like so are you you're an actress you're a pop star and i get what she's saying i get what she's saying like britney spears image is so like this and that's not my image but that's not what she's saying she's Mm -hmm. saying like this other thing where i'm like (laughs) what am i supposed to do you want to hear that you're very pretty like am i supposed is are you fishing for a like what am (laughs) i You're a pop star. You understand that, right? The This song feels like it is attempting what Avril Lavigne ultimately achieved. I was just going to say that. This wow. and I I just looked it up. Avril Lavigne's like big album came out the following year. So this and the other um uh just like a pill both yeah. feel like kind of proto Avril Lavigne. I mean in Dear Diary mm-hmm. too, right? Like it seems like maybe Avril Lavigne uh did the same thing um, that she did with just like a pill where she just like drew this album from memory. Or uh, <laughs> to, uh, to me, it's more like, um, like pink is general grievous. And then Avril Lavigne <laughs> is Darth Vader. Like they test out all the tech on pink and then they really perfected it to use on Avril Lavigne. Wow. That's yeah. That fair. makes, that makes absolute sense. <laughs> the video on this was, is very fun. I, Johnny, I wrote down specifically my notes that I don't remember watching this video because there's a whole section where she's in a girl's locker room, and I think 13-year-old me, if I had known about that part of the video, I would have loved it. I think maybe what happened was sometimes MTV, like especially for like, a, a, what's it called, the Top 10 Countdown, TRL, mm, would, they would like, it. yeah, they would only play like a part of the video, and I think they maybe always skipped the underwear part. Um, well, <laughs> rat bastards. I'll tell you what, they played, they did play it on VH1. You just got to watch the more adult contemporary station couldn't do um, it if carson wasn't selling it i wasn't buying but there <laughs> that's why you're such a big fan of the today show now yes. <laughs> um this this th- i had seen this video a lot this was probably the one that i had seen the most and this is another one where it's just like super literal like literally just what she's singing about yeah, is what's yeah. happening um but it does have that just like great great early 2000s the whole deal is just so early 2000s. Liz, I got to ask, we have now at this point heard all the good songs on this album. <laughs> have yeah. we have we not hit a favorite of yours yet? Do you have a favorite on this album? I I like the singles. I think the um pill just like pill is probably my favorite got it. because I think as an 11-year-old that achieves what your like what your idea of rebellion is. It's like, "Oh, I'm just like a pill and it makes me better." Got to go to middle school now. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's very hard to look at this album rationally for me right now. Yeah. Like with favorites and not favorites. Just blind, blind rage spilling over. Okay. Well, let's, uh, this is, <laughs> Good I thing there are only wanna... five tracks left. <sighs> I 
really? No, there's four. We're only covering four. I don't want to do this, but let's just do it. This is track 12, Gone to California. You know I had to hit that sax solo. Oh, yeah. Now, you might be asking yourself, what the fuck is this doing on this album? You know who didn't ask that? Pink. Local singles in your area, ladies. <laughs> Oh, We're waiting. What if Pink was credited as playing the saxophone on this album? <laughs> <laughs> that would be extremely good. Oh, that would she, that would make this track not. absolutely worthwhile. It's like, ooh, good for her. This is like a blues song. It's got a fade out too, which is like, what the fuck? Oh, I forgot to mention in the the video for um, uh, "Don't Let Me Get Me." That song ends in a fade out. Yeah. But like the video ends with her performing. Mm-hmm. But she's still like performing like she's going to keep going for another two minutes. And then the sound just like fades out where she's out. still like going at it. Going, yep. <laughs> anyway. It's weird. It's a weird way to end a video. Thoughts about Gone to California? Yeah, I think we can all agree with Pink and say, fuck Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, it, it's so funny, and I bet you guys have run into it. Like, whenever a band or an artist has a second album, they have to have a song about L.A. or going to L.A. or their disenchantment about their hometown and being in California. Yeah. And it's like, I guess this is a universal experience, and I guess this is pretty significant to you, but it's just like, everyone's talked about it. But here's my question. Why is it a blues song? Like <laughs> she was like, I'll do. I want to do something different with the California thing than everyone else has ever done. And they're, and she's like, okay, great. We'd love to hear it. What, what are your ideas? And she's like, what about a blues song with a sax solo? And they're like, no, classic California. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I can't. We can't. I can't. We can't. I can't. We gotta go to Lonely Girl. This is track Wait, thirteen. Was oh. this not your least favorite song? We have not got to my least favorite song. <laughs> That's how the fucking gets deeper. The let's go deeper. Uh, this the is pit. track thirteen. This is Lonely Girl. I believe that's Linda Perry from yeah. Born on Blondes. That's Linda Perry as well. I was excited when this one came up in the track list. I was like, I like Four Non Blondes, I think. So like, let's let's get a Linda Perry track in. This one was written fully by Linda Perry. Yeah, she did it all. She did everything on it except sing, uh, you know, lead vocals, which was Pink. I did not care for this song. It, um, no. I don't know. What, you know? I don't know. 
even know what kind of song it is. It's not a pop song. It's a call and response. I do like um, Linda Perry's voice. Yeah, I do too. I really do. I like Pink's voice. I'll be honest. I think Pink has a good voice. Yeah. I just don't think mm-hmm. it was doing anything in this album. Can I tell you my favorite line from this? Because uh, I don't want to talk about this song. Um, <laughs> my favorite line is during the call and response. Uh, Linda Perry says, is life good to you or is it bad? To which Pink responds, I can't tell anymore. <laughs> to which Linda responds, do you even know what you have? Pink answers, no. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> If I was having this conversation with a person, I would have walked away. I have to walk away. <laughs> it feels like fr- it feels like a, a scene from the room. Yeah, it's it, a, yes. It's a nothing. It's a nothing song that says nothing and does nothing. It's like if you're doing an interview with President Trump and you're like, I'm going to ask him some hard hitting questions, and they're like, Here's the pre approved questions, and it's is life good to you or is it bad? And it's like it's it feels like you're. You're 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 giving a it's a it's like a, a fluff piece like a puff piece inside of an album. God, <laughs> still not filling space. Still not my least favorite one. Uh, really? No, 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 no. Well, we, na- now let's talk about track fourteen. This is my Vietnam. Yeah, and by the way, the the only part of this that I'm going to play. Uh, the only part of this that I can ever stand to hear again is just this weird outro with the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> you can't convince me that this song is not a CIA psyop. <laughs> Johnny, I won't. I won't even try because I truly believe it must be. <laughs> what? What? Are... So, so this, so this is maybe, yeah, this is maybe one of my least favorite things tonally that I've ever heard in my life. The whole song is pretty incredible. Can I tell you my favorite lyric? Yeah, please. Once I fed the homeless, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I look upon their faces as I treated them with respect. And fuck this off. is my Vietnam. Fuck off, Pink. Yeah. Like, truly, fuck off. They do say feeling, feeding the homeless once is kind of all you need to do. Once, the, <laughs> once those guys, what do they say? Feed a homeless once, teach a man to... Yeah. I, here's my notes for this song. This song is a mess. This song is a national embarrassment. <laughs> so... So I guess her dad was in Vietnam and and she wrote this song like to try to like I don't know honor connect with Th- this is propaganda. This is like military industrial complex propaganda. It's it's fucking nonsense. Like if I served in Vietnam, I would be furious that this song exists cuz what she's saying, she's comparing her well, life like working at a soup kitchen yeah. To being hurt, like, and just like being a pop star, to like being, this is my Vietnam. Like, I, I dropped out of school and I and I saw a homeless person, just like Vietnam, right? It's like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. It, it's that 14 year old poetry book thing. Dude. Like, it's the first thing you think of. Like, oh, my life is so 
hard and it's just like war that I've seen in the movies. She should be in, she should be ashamed of this song and she should be embarrassed that people can still access it. If if I were Pink, I would be doing everything in my power to get this removed from the Let's get uh, a third pressing of this album. <laughs> Liz, do you know what what version you had of the album? The, the first one because yeah. it, I I I remember like misunderstood being the first mm. song. So that means that on your version, this was the last this song. Is, this is the last song. Very deep, very pointed mission statement of the album that pink left for me as an 11 year old you know what yes that is uh your vietnam pink with the guitars it bums me out that kids are allowed to listen to that i don't think kids should have been allowed to listen to that no it ends with a a police sketch of the Jimi hendrix version of the star spangled banner just such a bummer (sighs) why put why She put in the sound of helicopters. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking on the nose. It's so... It literally... Here... And I it's, love And it. it's over five minutes long. And it doesn't have an anti-war message, which is, like, the best part about the fucking music from the Vietnam era is it was the first time that we all agreed... Oh, this war is bad and it doesn't mean anything and we sh- and war is bad and we got such good fucking anti-war music out of it. For Pink to be like this is my Vietnam and also it kind of rocks. Kick it. It's like <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you a million times oh, fuck you. I I hated that song and I and I I never care to hear it again. I'm um, so sorry you guys. I I had no idea. That's not your fault. That's no, on Pink. Is- that's on Pink. This is uh, track 15. Let's talk about track 15. This song is called Catch 22, which is one of my uh, favorite books. I've, it's like the only book that I've ever read three times. Uh, this is Catch 22. I know what you're thinking. This is part of it? It is. <laughs> it's twice? Three times. It's, it's a big part of the song. There's no jokes. It's just the thing. <sighs> At the end, she says something about your luggage can bonk you in the fucking head or something like that. It doesn't matter. And that one's not bleeped, probably because it was the second pressing, right? Second pressing, yeah. I had never heard this song before at the re-listen. I can't believe that this, this they thought that this was worth putting on. Um, well, it does it does cut the the bite of my Vietnam a little. That's 100% true. <laughs> what do we think about Catch 22, everybody? I this was one that I really tried to scrutinize the lyrics. Oh boy. It, is this is it a Catch tw- is that what a Catch 22 is? I uh, I I'd love to help out here. Uh, I mean, Liz, no. Th- this is this is like Alanis Morissette's "Isn't It Ironic," in which she describes an entire song, uh, and none of the things that she's describing are is irony. No, this is not a Catch Twenty Two. So Catch Twenty Two uh, comes in, in the book. Catch Twenty Two is presented as um, uh, you. It's, it's flying bombing missions, and the only way that you would fly bombing missions is if you were fucking crazy. But 
the only way to not fly bombing missions anymore is to be crazy. But if you're crazy, like if you're crazy, you have to go to the mental institution, but you have to be crazy to fly the bombing missions. So it's a catch 22. You're, you're, you're both sides of it. It doesn't matter. Like you have to be crazy to fly. If you fly, you're crazy. You have to be crazy to fly. Um, so there's no way out of it, basically. No, nothing that she describes in the song is a catch 22. You don't think riding riding on a whim connecting with a rendezvous is a catch 22? Fuck you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is this song is like, it's got like this flight attendant thing in it. It's all about airplanes. This is right after 9-11. I guess the second pressing of this is 2002. But but still, why did they put this? Why did they be like, you know what? 9-11 has happened. Let's get a flight attendant. They added this. They added this. Why? Wait, when? Okay, when did the second pressing come out? Holy shit! It had to be two thousand two. It was when the second tower fell. They put out. They immediately put (laughs) out the second (laughs) pressing. I. It's it's insane to me that. Why would this? I think it was. It was the second pressing was not long after the first pressing because it was like the European pressing. Mm. It's. I don't know. This song makes no sense to me. The whole back half of this album is an absolute fucking mess. I, I, I'll be honest though. I, I think that I liked a lot of like Pink's like vocalizations on this album. I think I liked Pink's energy. I, I don't even know. Even after hearing this whole album, I would still be like, oh yeah, Pink. Pink is good, right? This didn't yeah. stick to me. It, it, it slid off of me. I, the thing for me is like, I don't know whose fault this album is. <laughs> Whether it's her or Linda Perry or whatever, sure. I need that person to not touch the creative process and culture. <laughs> yeah, because because I agree. I and the singles I think are very good still, uh, except for the mm-hmm. "Get This Party Started" not so good. But the other two I enjoyed a lot. Um, so yeah, that's what I need from Pink, and I need more Steven Tyler from Pink. I think, like. Pink songwriting in the in the beyond this album, it's not that much different. Like she's still very literal. She's still very like drawing from her own life. Like she's like the song "You in Your Hand Tonight" is about jerking off very pointedly. Wow. And uh, so like there's still that immaturity, and I'm I I think less of my my fandom of pink and i think that might be more having to do with me and what how i progressed as a fan over the years but i i have left this with a bad taste in my mouth wow well you know what i think we all did a growth here today we're entering we the February. uh we're 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 getting introspective it's going to be an introspective month uh for the bill buds podcast um liz i mean i guess i have to ask this question if you had, well, I think we could all f- safely answer the question, would you recommend this album? I would not. Johnny? No. 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 Liz? No? Okay. Absolutely yeah. not. But if you had to place it in your top 100, do you think that it would make the cut anywhere? Number God, four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't asking you, Johnny. You have, Wait your turn. Liz is the guest. <laughs> I don't... If I could just take the singles... It would maybe be in the 90s, but the rest of it bogs it down so bad that I don't think it comes even close. Was there, uh, like, I don't know how many times you re listened for the show, but was there, like, just the once? 
was there a moment when you were listening where you had like positive um feelings you know like like before you kind of dug deeper and you were just like oh i remember this um the, or, or was when it I was listening like to get this party started it was like yeah let's get this party started <laughs> yes and it just dropped off that sucks i'm sorry that that happened i had the sensation listening to this that i thought that i would remember or like know more songs and that i thought that there was like more big pink songs on this album is she just someone who has like one or two songs on each album over like 20 albums i don't think she's had 20 albums i i think she's she's she hasn't she's had probably less than 10 i think let's see i think also like your gwen stefani's of the world sort of took that spot yes Mm. yes exactly Eight. Uh, eight. Yeah, albums. only eight albums oh. in like 20-ish years, more than all over. Her most recent one was 2019. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I... Uh, th- this is me dealing with my with my own stuff, and I didn't mean to like get as like into it as I, as I did, but it's just like, I... It, I learned a lesson about nostalgia, and mm. I think that was valuable... But also, I wish I it hadn't happened. I no, I Liz. I think learning a lesson about nostalgia is good. This is something that this is my long term project for Johnny that I'm working on uh, curing him of his uh, sickness, his nostalgia sickness. Yeah, I'm terminally <laughs> nostalgic for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I think we have to uh, we have to kill our idols to a certain degree. I d- I don't disagree with that. Um. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry, Liz. I really am. No, I'm sorry I brought this to you, like a cat bringing a chipmunk to your doorstep. Here's the thing. I'm glad I listened to it. Me too. Genuinely. And I'm glad I never have to listen to it again. I'm glad I listened to it too, so I can literally, sitting here right now, tell thousands of people, (laughs) do not listen to this album. I'm glad that I got to do that. I Sometimes I take the bullets for y'all, and and that's my service. And And now I feel good, I feel like a hero. Would you say that that's your Vietnam? I would compare it to my <laughs> Vietnam. Oh, they're fucking pink. But Liz, thank you so much for, for, for being on the show, for bringing this album to us, for helping us dissect it and work through it. Uh, I, 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 hey, I feel fucking great. I feel like I just went through therapy. Uh, Liz, do you have something? Do you have anything that you would like to plug or, or, or where people can find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on the campaign podcast with your former guest, Tyler Davis, and your current permanent guest, Johnny O'Mara. <laughs> uh, find us at Campaign Pod. Uh, I have my own audio fiction podcast, Paired. Uh, we're coming back in February, I believe, as long as I can get my shit together. And that's uh, follow me on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore. Awesome. Three Johnny. underscores? Three of them. There's too many Liz's. Oh, then who wow. am I following? I thought it was only two. Who am I following? Somebody who else. Who are you following? Or it might be, might be two. Who knows? Hey, Ugh. go ahead and follow Liz Anderson underscore, 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 and underscore, underscore, underscore. Fine. Cross all your bases. Mm, cover all your bases. Cross all your t- T's, dot your I's. Johnny, anything you want to plug? Um, Go listen to Misunderstood by Pink. Oh. Yeah, I'll plug that as well. Um, And I'll also <laughs> say uh, to everyone out there in Bill Bud's pod land, we tip our hats to you, and we wish you a fond farewell. Now enjoy the full album of Pig <laughs> at the end of this episode. Oh, I, I never told you, Liz. We we talked about Key to You on the Patreon. And oh, 
closed that episode with the song. With the song? Yeah. Oh, that's why someone tagged yes, me about that. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We probably should have given you a heads up. <laughs> hey, it's fine. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We go to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them bill bugs. 